Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the disk dump in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. That'll help me a little bit. Hello and welcome to the Distump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Today, I am joined by Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, doing very well, Miles. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be talking about what we're talking about today. Yes, thank you for coming on. This is very exciting because today we talked about the Batman Forever soundtrack not the movie the soundtrack but (laughs) but first a brief history the batman forever soundtrack is obviously the soundtrack released to accompany the movie batman forever starring val kilmer tommy lee jones nicole kidman and jim carrey the soundtrack stars such artists as u2 the flaming lips brandy and of course seal The song Kiss from a Rose by Seal won three Grammy Awards and is one of the most iconic songs in history. How does the rest of the album hold up? Let's find out. All right. So we can go through each individual song if you want to. We can just talk about whatever is not. Yeah, let's. uh, Let's go like super briefly song by song and then we can like it'll be we'll keep it brisk. All right. There's only like a few songs that I have a lot to say about. That's how I feel too. This the CD really like drags at the end. It gets really slow. So yeah, like starting at the beginning is probably good, but towards the end we're gonna be like, and then the rest of the CD happened. Uh, the first song on this CD is a U two song. What was it called again? Kill me, thrill me, hold, hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Uh, uh. <laughs> it it could have been a worse song. But I wouldn't say it's great. It feels like a song that would have ended up downloaded on my iPod without my permission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the classic U2 snafu. <laughs> I, uh, in my notes, I had that this actually reminds me of like a Radiohead or a Muse song. Yeah. But it's a little bit more boring. <laughs> so kind of just you two in general i think is how what i'm describing sorry for those of you who like you two yeah i'm i'm not one of those people but the i feel like the orchestra-ness at the end of it kind of saved the song overall it's not the worst song ever written by any means but it's not a great song uh have you ever heard of pj harvey before this cd (laughs) i had no idea who this was (laughs) I uh, no no idea at all. I thought there would be maybe like I mean there are some very recognizable artists on this album as a whole, but 
who is PJ Harvey? <laughs> I have no idea, but he seems like he's pretty full of himself. If I had to guess from this song, <laughs> yes, it was. I, my first thought was, oh, this is kind of bluesy, and then midway through, I'm like, I'm not really big on this song. And then at a minute and fifty two, the sensual grunting slash moaning begins. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? That went on for a minute straight of him being like, oh! <laughs> yeah, why was this on the CD? Like, I can't believe this is on the Batman soundtrack. <laughs> I have that. It reminds me, like, his vocals remind me of the Royal Blood. I don't, do you know that band? Yes. Yeah, the vocals remind me of that until it gets weird. And then the song <laughs> gets crazy weird. <laughs> um the the next song on the cd is one of the best songs on the cd if you ask me it's by brandy (laughs) where are you now what did you think of that song i totally agreed although this song isn't really my style of music personally this is probably one of the best ones on there um that i didn't know was on there it's kind of like a 90s style r&b now i'll say this the guitar in it slowed down or i'm sorry the guitar part for the song sounds like a slowed down version of can't stop by red hot chili peppers huh it's so weird i i played them back to back and i was like okay what is happening right now all right now that you say that i can kind of hear it okay (laughs) So, so i did like it though i i thought it was good even though it's not really my style um i thought it was but again, I was like, why is this on the Batman soundtrack? Yeah, like a funky R&B song. I think it plays when you first see Nicole Kidman. I think she's in this movie, right? Like yes. at like a vanity or something. That's all I remember. And uh, yeah, I feel like that song's playing then. But I don't mind it. I didn't think it was bad. Like I don't – I usually listen to either like nice chill EDM music or like hardcore heavy metal. So Brandy usually isn't in my wheelhouse, but – I wonder what she's been up to since she did this. She was a Disney yeah. princess at one point. I think. <laughs> to, to name the song title, Brandy, Where Are You Now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that together. That's great. Um, so I did toy around with the idea of trying to get you to harmonize with me while we did a, uh, a karaoke cover of Seals Kissed by a Rose right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I uh, I don't know if you want that on your show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm gonna like do an acapella version on my own and put it in there just to see how quick people vomit. I don't know. <laughs> However, I am not afraid to admit that I unironically fucking love this song. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I yeah. really do. I have this is the number one in my power rankings of the Batman Forever soundtrack. By a million miles, number one. Yes, it's so good. I I don't really listen to him outside of this particular song, but I view this dude as like the 90s John Legend or Post Malone or some shit. Like, That's a good way to put it. This dude is like the king of the, like the 90s, whatever type of music this even is. I don't even know. I, I called it a nine a 90s love power ballad so that i have this marked down for another song later but we have a forgotten genre on our hands and it's on this cd and that is soft rock that really rocks <laughs> do you remember soft rock <laughs> 
Honestly, not until you had just said that. <laughs> it brought it, uh, the Mandela effect where it's like perceived that everybody thought something happened, but it didn't. Yeah. I feel like everybody forgot Soft Rock existed. <laughs> we had a radio station here that played nothing but Soft Rock, and their slogan was Soft Rock that really rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad and you would hear like sting on there and seal and some of the other bands that are on this list yeah so other than i really like that song that's about all i have to say about kiss from a rose i'll say this um the first time i heard the song was while watching this movie Mm -hmm. and i also love the music video where um seal is dancing in front of the bat signal yeah like an open trench coat shirt and like no shirt on underneath so you can see a six pack i'm like that dude (laughs) that dude right there he's got it going i feel like that was one of two songs that was actually made for this movie uh the other one comes up later the method man song but we'll get to that one then uh this next song is by Massive Attack and Tracy Thorne. I didn't expect to like this song as much as I did. It's like a a bluesy lounge music kind of song. It's a little sexy, if you ask me. Yes. I said in my mind when I listened to this song, I pictured a femme fatale singing on a piano. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Overall, pretty good. Not my type personally. Not normally what I listen to, but it was pretty good. And then I also commented in my notes, at this point, there's a very sensual theme of songs for the soundtrack. <laughs> they're really, like, it's just like romance song after romance song. So Yeah, for real. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it, and it only gets worse from here, really. So <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch this movie because I have not done that, but I don't remember there being that much romance in this movie no not at all i can i was kicking around the idea of like having it playing in the background like while i was walking around today but i needed to have this in its purest form without the movie (laughs) and uh yeah so it it really uh i feel like seal brought all the ladies in and they stayed for everybody else you know what i'm saying (laughs) for sure yeah this this one was uh this one was memorable in the extent that I had no idea that this was on the album. The Massive Attack song or the next one? The Massive Attack song. Okay. The next song is by Edie Reader or Eddie Reader. I don't know which one it is. Edie Reader. Edie Reader. Not to be mistaken with Eddie Vedder. Um, I wrote, this is, this sounds like shit you would hear in a Chinese buffet or on DDR. <laughs> so true i said another love song personally this song made me want to blow my head off i think this is the worst song on the album it's so bad it has (laughs) it has similar motifs to law and orders theme song which for whatever reason makes me irrationally angry when i hear the (laughs) dum-dum so this song like triggered me in a deep way i was like whoa i hate this it took me back to the days where I played DDR and like the Dance Dance Revolution game and they would have like songs that made sense. They were hopping, you know, but then they'd have songs that didn't make any sense. And then you would play them on hard mode and you would just be like moving your feet so crazy to a song that is in no way in rhythm with it. And this is the <laughs> kind of shit that it would sound like is songs like this. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just thought this song was absurdly plain. And it honestly, you said a Chinese buffet, which I'm still dying at. But <laughs> I'm reminded of what I'd hear at a nursing home karaoke. There you go. <laughs> So it just like it was absolute cringe. I can't believe they had this on the Batman soundtrack. No soundtrack is like the height of luxury for any artist, but there has to be some kind of standard, right? Like why why is Edie Reader in here? I don't know. It didn't make no damn sense. Mazzy Star or Maisie Star? Tell me now is the next one. And I wrote this is a low tempo blues song, and I kinda like it. Yes, I said 90s version of L King. She's she has a very similar sound to this kind of like dive bar blues. Okay. That kind of feel. Um my other note that I put on here, how many love songs are in this film? Like there's so many. I can't I couldn't get over it. I was like the theme of Batman's soundtrack is love. Yeah. <laughs> It is, I guess. I guess in a way the movie is too, because it can't be all about Jim Carrey smacking Tommy Lee Jones in the face. But <laughs> that's mostly what I remember from it. But and I don't, I'm not even positive that actually happens in the movie. But the theme is love. <laughs> <laughs> the theme is love. I agree. <laughs> I'm with you on it. I actually, okay, this next one I was a fan of. All right, throw it out there. What'd you think? What is it, rather? The, the Offspring, Smash It Up. So this one came in and it brought me back to Nobody Lives Without Love by Eddie Reader. Edie Reader, excuse me. Yeah. And I was like, I, I went had a flashback and then the distortion comes in 30 seconds after. And I was like, oh my God, yes. And then there was some punk. Yeah. And I've never heard of this song. I have heard The Offspring before, but... um. I thought it was super up tempo and there was a really cool drum fill and some really high energy guitar throughout. I uh I enjoyed the offspring quite a bit. I had never heard this song either. But the beginning I wrote, This is the offspring. It sounds just like counting crows. And uh <laughs> <laughs> But then once they like kicks in, it's like, Oh yeah, this is just a silly punk song like we would expect from the offspring. I don't know why the first 30 seconds of it is the counting crows but you know it's yes. i guess that was the sound of the year or whatever it was the clean guitar at the beginning of it yeah like, i was so confused by that i was like oh god not another one yeah but... it was, oof. that one wasn't too bad though it just started shitty but um next song is nick cave not to be mistaken with nick cage uh there is a light and i just wrote this is so 90s is the biggest thing i wrote on it i feel like this was the sleeper song of the 90s because simultaneously i was like this song sounds like the soundtrack for the wire like the theme song for the wire mm -hmm. and i looked it up because i was like i feel like i've heard this guy before i burst out laughing when the song started first off. yeah <laughs> i was like what is this and uh so i looked it up and apparently he wrote a song called cave Excuse me. He wrote a song called "Right Red Right Hand," which is featured in Peaky Blinders and Scream Two and Three. In the beginning of the song, his voice is a cappella, and it's just ridiculous. 
but as soon as like the music comes in, he sounds like a little bit more like it wasn't like laughable once music came in, but at first I was like, what am I listening to? <laughs> there was some cool harmonizing he did with himself later on, which wasn't too, too bad, but it was overall a silly song. I wrote, it sounds like this guy's doing a Frank Sinatra impression. <laughs> it's so true though. I was like, what is, what is this? <laughs> and why has it been so frequently used? But, whatever yeah like that is really weird that he had an actual career and it was all in movies and tv i guess but it's not the worst career um so the next song is the redheaded stepchild of this album uh it is method man the riddler and i feel like this is the only other song that was actually written for this album and they were like well we have to put it in to get a little bit of the urban music market here <laughs> i love this song it was I mean, really good <laughs> i i put it on after after going through everything else on this album i put this on i was like damn method man's got a song on here hell yeah and i started listening to it i was like okay this song bumps and it's about batman this is sick so for that this ranks number uh let's see number two on my list it's probably my number three it, it, there was so much batman in it like you can tell method man is like a legit batman fan <laughs> it, it yes they did sir he did service to th this song i was very happy with it i was like damn this is some like black panther level shit i love this <laughs> like, like you went hard method man like everybody else ed reader you need to take some freaking notes man. Like, <laughs> she just needs to not be a musician anymore i think is the real thing about it <laughs> that was funny but yeah he's method man is a real comic book nerd he likes kung fu movies and comic books i can totally respect yeah that, that guy's the man I, I put in my my little breakdown here for method man he's a part of wu-tang clan and i got to catch wu-tang clan at bonnaroo a couple years back really and they were so awesome fuck yeah so i'm a huge method man fan like anybody in wu-tang clan i'm i'm i ride for they're they're sick dude so i was i was so happy when i found this on here all right well we're taking a break from talking about this cd to talk about fucking bonnaroo now what else was yeah <laughs> tell me about their performance and shit Oh my god, it was amazing. I mean, obviously the crowd went insane when they played Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> like everybody was going wild. There is a dude who came up to me. He's like a forty five year old like white dude in white new balances, like total dad looking guy. And he just like was chilling next to us and I like had casually said to my girlfriend at the time next to me like wu-tang clan don't fuck with him and he like turns to me and he's like yeah for sure <laughs> like, oh shit dude like what <laughs> wu-tang runs deep so um fuck yeah who else yeah. were like some of the other headliners when you were there uh i've been i've gone four four times holy so, shit that's awesome yeah, i've seen i've seen quite a few people some of the most notable odessa Paul McCartney, J. Cole, uh, Danny Brown. Fuck yeah. Um, That's yeah. awesome, man. Sue this last year, which was really cool. Um, Pretty Lights. Seen Bass Nectar a few times there. 
Dead Mouse. Hell yeah, that's an awesome Kend- Kendrick. Oh uh, my god. Yeah, I'm I'm forgetting tons of people too. Casey Musgraves is one of my personal favorites. I really love her music. Did you go the year that they live streamed it on YouTube? And uh the head the main headliner I think was Rodrigo y Gabriela. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't uh, remember what year that was, but YouTube had like four channels going that were like all the stages or whatever, and they just played Bonnaroo live for everybody to watch for free. It was fucking dope. That's awesome. I watched Bonnaroo all day. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. It's it's one of the best experiences. Like I've been to quite a few festivals at this point and Bonnaroo is forever the the number one on my list of places I love to go. People are great. The shows are amazing. Uh, I I saw Lama God at Bonnaroo one year too. What? That's crazy. Yeah. So like they had like Slayer playing one year, which I missed them because I had seen them at another another concert. But um, they they have such a wide variety of music. I think Jason Aldean was there at one point in time. <laughs> So they have like country music and metal and and electronic and rap and indie rock. And they just have everything there. It's, it's incredible. Honestly, I am such a big advocate for if you like music and want to do the festival scene, Bonnaroo is the jam. And is that like always in Tennessee or is it just the times I've wanted to go? It's in Tennessee. Yeah, it's always in uh, Tennessee. Okay. It's in Manchester. I forget the stat, but it's like Manchester becomes like the ninth largest city in Tennessee when Bonnaroo happens or something like that. That's fucking dope. Man, I want to go to Bonnaroo so bad. I went to OzFest in 08, and that was a life-changing experience. And I was like, oh, I need to go to more festivals. And uh, it's almost 10 years ago to the day, just about, well, that's not true. In October, it was 10 years ago. I went to one called the Halloween Nanny, which was Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper were the headliners. And there oh, were just nice. so many bands I didn't expect to see. I saw like Lamb of God and Children of Bodom and Black. Oh, damn. Yeah, it was crazy. And Black Label Society and Clutch and shit. There were so many good bands. And I was just like, these guys aren't on the t shirt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I, I'll say this about most festivals the beauty is in the undercard for the most part. If, if it's like a really good festival, you'll find bands that you've never heard of that are incredible, which is one of my biggest things about Bonnaroo that I love is I always would find. Me and my friends would all create like a collab playlist of like different songs from different artists that we really liked. And then you'd find so much new stuff every single year. So it was like this annual thing. We have like a group of like 20 people that we would all like go and camp with. So it's definitely like a whole thing. It's it's sick. It's it's a whole Bonnaroovian way of life, man. Once you go, it's like you're addicted to going back. You you have to try to make it happen no matter what. That's what they say about Burning Man, too. It's another one I'm like, oh, I don't really want sand in my ass crack, but I kind of want to do it. That sounds fun, but. <laughs> I had um, a former girlfriend of mine. Her father had gone and he was describing it to me. He went with like an like with a RV and everything. It just sounds insane, like the bartering and everything. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is just completely different than every other, like, 
way of life you've ever known. No one, no one understands this because this is not done anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So this leads me into a story that's gonna it's gonna be weird and it's gonna be a little on the long side, but it's the the closest thing I've experienced to that is there's a word of mouth festival in Pennsylvania. I don't remember what it's called, but oh, that's cool. It's like word of mouth. They don't advertise. They don't want cops to show up at all so they like they do their best to keep it as low-key as possible but hundreds of fucking people go to this and uh, i keep talking about this on the podcast without talking about it i took in a homeless guy for a couple years and uh, my family did it wasn't specifically me but he would sell jewelry he'd make and sell jewelry was his whole thing so he would go to this festival and sell his jewelry but he wasn't making money they were dropping huge nugs of weed in his jars and shit and someone traded him like a giant bag of psychedelic mushrooms for some jewelry and shit and I was like, <laughs> dude i gotta go to this fucking place <laughs> so i don't remember what it's called i should have to i should message him because it sounds awesome he said that everyone had a tip jar where you would just drop marijuana buds and like just roll through the whole thing yeah it sounds <laughs> fucking dope yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah there's some crazy things like I've seen somebody walking around with a cardboard sign around their neck that says we'll work for bud <laughs> and like at Bonnaroo and people just like come up and like sell them weed like regularly. It's just like wild. You are. It's a different world for sure. But man, I, oh, I want to go to Bonnaroo so fucking bad. Anyway, so this is a, probably about the midpoint of the episode. So before we before we start talking about. Michael Hutchins, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break. That great named person, Michael Hutchins. Uh, anyway, so we're gonna we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Legends of Superhero Story is a new actual play podcast using the Legends Superhero role-playing game system. This exciting new superhero tabletop RPG follows our game master Jack and our fledgling heroes played by Chad, Emily, Amanda, and Daniel as they work their way through their origin story and beyond. Let's hope they learn to work together as a team in time to save the world and truly become Legends. Legends of Superhero Story is available on all podcast platforms. For more information, follow us on social media at The Legends Cast or visit our website, www.matchplaygames.ca forward slash The Legends Cast. What up, jabronis? Thank you guys for listening, my dumpers. <laughs> uh, so, this is the second episode of the new year. I'm recording this way in advance. So, uh, yep, that's where I'm at right now, is back here in 2020, time travel. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was really dumb. Uh, so, <laughs> I want to say thank you to Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast for joining me on this fun episode where we talk about the Batman Forever soundtrack. This was super fun to record, and I hope that I can have you guys on another episode really soon. Thank you so much, Chris. I also want to say thank you to Mr. Zach Cloyd. How's it going, Zach? Thank you for editing this episode, and hopefully this will be the start of a beautiful podcasting relationship. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. I have a few quick things to just run through here. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P. 
pod at gmail.com don't forget that little pp in there it's important on twitter i'm at the disc dump i might have changed that by now to disc dump podcast but we'll see either way you type in disc dump i'm sure you'll find me on instagram it's disc dump podcast all one word again don't neglect the pp on facebook there's the disc dump podcast page or you can join the group the disc dump podcast fans where you can see lots of memes and you can engage with a lot of the people who are on the show so on and so forth thank you guys for listening let's get back to it Oh, uh, so uh, how do you think you say this guy's name? H- Hutchins. Hutchins. H- yeah, Hutchins. Michael Hutchins. Um, so he does a cover. Actually, did you know this song is a cover? It's called "The Passenger." I had no idea this was a cover. It's a cover of an Iggy Pop song, and it's like a fucking amazing song when Iggy Pop does it. And <laughs> this is a completely different take on it. Like it's a totally different song, but I'm like. Why do I know all the words to this song? I've... Okay, actually, now that you're saying this, I did listen to, I tried to find the soundtrack on Spotify at first, and it was not on there, but they had the Iggy Pop version of this song, so I did listen to that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did listen to the Michael Hutchins song, version, and I had no idea it was, yeah. I had no idea that was the same version, or same song yeah, at all. Yeah, it's like, if you're going to cover another person's song, change everything. Like, that's what I like. You don't want to just sound like them repeating it. So I will give him props that he changed it. He changed the shit out of it. I don't know if that was in a good way. No. Yeah. That's about the only positive thing I have to say about it. Other than like, it belongs on the Suicide Squad soundtrack, not the Batman Forever soundtrack. Well, (laughs) I said that, um, this is the only song on the whole album that actually sounds like a film score at any point in time. I'll give you that. It also goes fucking Matrix crazy with some weird electronic noises midway through it. <laughs> um, and then the singer's voice is very okay, but music is pretty cool, I think. And the singer actually reminds me of Woodkid. I don't know if you know Woodkid. Nope. But um, he's... He's got a similar voice, but Woodkid actually sings, and this guy just kind of talks. Yeah. So wasn't a huge wasn't a huge fan of this one. Um, it was no, <laughs> it was no. Nobody lives without love. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, the only song I really hate, hate, hate on this CD is the Eddie Reader, the Eddie Reader song, the the one you just referenced. So like the rest of them are okay. Uh, like the next song, the Delvins crossing the river. And I just wrote soft rock is the forgotten genre of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all I have to say about it. I don't even remember you're, it. You're speaking truth to power right now. Like people are like waking up everywhere around the U S <laughs> like, I do He's remember right. sting. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Oh my God. Um, I, I put that the singer sounds like a British Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Okay, sort of. Um, I I actually like the piano backing when the choruses were happening. It made them way more epic. Another love song as well. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like the only happy slash hopeful sounding song on the album, like up to this point. 
it gives me Enya vibes. Enya, a little bit of Enya. Okay, so I saw the name the Delvins on the back of this, and I was like, oh, sweet, some punk music. I'm thinking of the Melvins. Very ah. different music experience. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the 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 melvins are a little bit more uh i punch you in the face kind of and this is not this is caress your back as your sad music yeah i don't know if you noticed the at, at the three minute mark with the really weird falsetto that he kicks into Mm-mm, no i didn't notice that <laughs> Oh, it's weird. When you when we get done recording, just uh, do me a favor and check that out and let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird falsetto. It made me very uncomfortable. I was like, okay, <laughs> this song went from okay to really, like, I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the CD is like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be a middle-aged woman, a little kid, or a hard rock guy or a rapper like this they really they mixed all the seasonings up and shook it up and just dumped it out to see what we got and uh that's where there's not even a i don't feel like there's not even a good order for it i guess maybe it's chronological to like the movie but like to be honest with you you probably shouldn't even do it that way because it just makes zero sense the way it's set up i actually recently learned this so apparently Cinema has been pulling the wool over our eyes for years because when they say this is music inspired by the movie or whatever, what they're saying is these are the B-sides to bands that we already own and we're going to randomly give you songs from each of them because (laughs) we want to promote music. has nothing to do with the movie at all. So maybe three of these songs were in the movie, but I don't think this is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i didn't know that that was a thing that the the movie and record labels like would team up and be like let's just put some shit on here and see what sticks so uh yeah at this point i feel like i should just assume that they're gonna be terrible towards the consumer it's like what's the worst thing they could do to us all right they're already doing that let yeah. me just assume that. <laughs> yep that's uh that's big companies for you multinationals <laughs> speaking of multinationals sunny day real estate which i think that's actually a cool name for a band they did the song i think it's called eight yes uh i wrote when it kicks in it gets good but it reminds me of the band lit from the 90s you ever you ever listen to lit they do that song my own worst enemy yes i i do know lit yeah this is if you ever listen to the whole cd which i don't recommend anybody do uh some of their songs sound just like sunny day real estate (laughs) i i thought it had a similar vibe to crossing the river the song prior yeah and it had very similar vocal stylings, which I guess the 90s were just a weird time for some bands. Yeah. Or some genres, I should say, specifically soft rock. <laughs> um, but I uh, I don't know. It was more up-tempo when the distortion, like there was like a really good drum fill and then the distortion came in, um, distorted guitars, I, I should say. That came in a little bit more fiercely. And I was... I was happier about it than some of the earlier songs. There was like definitely a dead zone in the middle of this album that I was just like, Oh Oh, yeah. Like I would say it's not even the end. There's just a few glitters of light there at the end. 
the whole way from the yeah. middle to the end, there's just a little bit of a peppering of, oh, there's a good song. That one's not too bad. <laughs> but, but mostly it's just like, uh, ugh. Like, I wish I wrote down, what is the Edie Reader song called again? It's called the, uh, <laughs> uh, Nobody Lives Without Love. Honestly, one of the worst songs in general I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> we can just take a huge shit on that person because fuck that noise um another band that i think i would shit on and say fuck that noise is the next song which is the second worst song on the cd for me which might be a hot take because it's the flaming lips bad days oh no you didn't like it or you do like it i did like it oh no let me hear you let me hear your take i want to hear it. uh i didn't love the vocals um i wrote i really don't like this why is this on the cd this is bad this is bad this is bad is what i wrote as it was going on um yeah so that's about all i have to say about it and it's about like murdering people in your head which is interesting that it would be on a beloved children's movie soundtrack Okay, I will totally agree with you that it should not have been on this movie soundtrack. Like, it makes no sense that it's on here. However, I do like the song independent of this movie. Yeah. And I love the quote, you hate your boss at your job. In your dreams, you could blow his head off. In your dreams, show no mercy. (laughs) Some of the lines were cool. I'll give you that. But the actual execution of the song was super like i don't know i just think i'm not a huge flaming lips fan do you like them in general i'm really not either but this is the one song that i do like yeah i I don't know it's got like a really weird indie rock like very uh lo-fi feel to it Mm -hmm. but that being said if in the context of this album, it makes literally zero sense to be on here outside of what you just informed me about them just cramming yeah. inspired by albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all they say is it's like, oh, this was inspired by it. These people probably never saw the movie before they submitted these songs. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Seal and maybe Method Man. Nobody had seen the movie before they put this shit in here. <laughs> Val Kilmer is probably like, why in the hell do we have the flaming lips closing out our movie? Yeah, right. <laughs> did they play it over the credits? I don't know. See, I I didn't get a chance to watch it, so like, the, and I wanted to have it independent, anyways. So the VHS would play "Kiss from a Rose" at the end, then it would do "Method Man: The Riddler," and then at the very end of the credits was the music video for "Seal Kissed by a Rose." <laughs> and there weren't many vhs's that did that shit so that was like as cool as cool gets because we would like the men in black movie on vhs had the men in black music video at the end of it and we would just fast forward to that and just listen to that over and over so like this is if if i was a child who liked seal that would have been one thing but i I wasn't it was only (laughs) recently that i discovered i adore that song yeah, I kind of agree. I wasn't I wasn't huge on the on like the power ballads at that time, <laughs> but um now now that I have some perspective, I'm like that song's a freaking banger. Mm-hmm. I've just been walking but, around for days singing that song at the top of my lungs in my house and my girlfriend's like, "I hope you know I could have recorded you at any point singing this." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. It would have been okay." But <laughs> 
cuts to clip of I mean, I, it might happen for this episode. I might record a song for this episode. Just I, I don't know. Please do. I might do Please. it. I, that would be awesome. In, I think it was my second episode. I rapped, and I don't rap, so I guess that's what I why I did it was because I don't do that. But I rapped the whole Gorilla song, um, Clint Eastwood. So yeah, oh, hell yeah. that's a deep cut that of the diss dump. If anyone feels like digging down that far. But, um, yeah, uh, so I remember this is the Batman Forever is the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, me and my neighbor went to see that while his sister and my sister went and saw Pocahontas. So that was what was going on in the theater when this shit was out was like, what a good pair, right? Like all that shit was in the theater at the same time. I'm pretty sure like Jurassic Park and shit were in the theater at that time too. It's fucking wild. So yeah, that's, that's about all I have to say about Batman forever. Other than the movie, I have a lot more to say about it than the CD. Yeah. I think I would agree with you. I mean, I haven't seen Batman Forever in years and years. It's one that I plan on watching actually this weekend. Now that we've done the whole yeah. the soundtrack deep dive, I, but I'm thinking that January is gonna be Batman month. So I'm gonna try and like definitely do some Batman Forever themed shit after this because yeah, I uh, I own all of them except for the '60s. So I'm down. I think I should definitely do it. And no one has any say in it but me. So it's probably going to happen. Uh, <laughs> the I'm looking at the little book in the CD here because the whole theme of this show is uh, I have a huge collection of movies, games, and DVDs or in CDs. So like I just have all these fucking discs laying around in my house just everywhere and like jewel cases and plastic PS2 boxes and shit take up a huge amount of space in my house. So I'm going through them, reviewing them and deciding if I want to keep the disc or if I want to dump it. So another part of what's important regarding that is like the packaging. Oh, there goes the disc been dumped. No kidding. Uh, (laughs) So like, yeah, I got like all the people are on the disc and shit, which is kind of cool. And now I'm looking at this little book, which is a lesson that I've got. I've learned I got to do. So it comes with the little book in the front And all that's in it are just like stills from the movie and production credits for the song. So there's really nothing added to the value of keeping this disc by looking at those. Like I have now looked at them no longer valuable. So I bought this disc for 99 cents from Tom's music trade in red lion, Pennsylvania, which uh, I'm going to give him a shout out right now. Fucking dope used record store. Go in there and buy shit. Tom's awesome. So Tom's music trade is where I got this for 99 us American cents. So what do you think after listening to this, knowing this shit is available online? Should I continue to possess this disc? It's hard to say that you should throw away Kiss for a Rose. <laughs> yeah. But I think you need to dump this one. I think we're in agreement because I can put Kiss from a Rose on a Spotify playlist with 600 <laughs> other copies of the same song and listen to it on repeat because that's essentially what I own this disc for. 
<laughs> but there were a couple of sleepers on there that I didn't expect to be good. Like, uh, you know, uh, was it Massive Attack? That was pretty good. I was into that. Brandy, of course. <laughs> Can't sleep on Brandy. <laughs> yeah. You thought you forgot about her. <laughs> you forgot about Brandy. Yep. You can't forget about her. Can't forget about Dre. So, and Method Man, of course. Like, there's a couple songs on here that are good. But if I put them in my Spotify playlist, that's it. Don't need this CD anymore. So I think we're going to dump it. All right. Yep. So I've been listening to the Geek Peak podcast. And I've been enjoying the shit out of it. Because you guys are A, hilarious. B, really well informed on shit. Like, did you guys talk about the HBO and all that? Was that you guys? Yeah, yeah, that I was so fucking invested in that episode. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what else is HBO coming out with? And you're basically guys were just like, that one's gonna be bad. That one's gonna be bad. This one, probably not. This one's gonna be good. I <laughs> <laughs> um, we try to we try to save you from all of the terrible media experiences that we personally have because there's so much out there now that. I feel like you need to have as many people in your corner trying to give you good stuff as possible because there's just so much static all the time. That's true. That's a really good way to put that because I like to think I'm doing that, but for really, really old shit mostly because (laughs) (laughs) you are, I just got back into this Batman forever soundtrack (laughs) and I, I legitimately really like the method man song. I never would have found that. I had that added that to a playlist Kiss, kiss for a, or am I saying this wrong? Kiss, kiss by a rose. Kiss, kiss from a rose. Past tense. <laughs> <laughs> kiss from a rose. I'm sorry if I've been saying that wrong the whole time. See, there's been is- listeners who are like, "What the fuck? It's from a rose," <laughs> and and the song isn't. Or the words aren't grave. It's gray. Kiss from a rose on the gray. You know, there's people doing that right now. <laughs> So sorry, I'm I'm the uninitiated, but if it makes you feel better, I'm going to be listening to that song now because it's stuck in my head and I'm going to probably go back and watch this uh, Batman Forever ASAP just because I need to see what songs are actually in it and which ones aren't. I'm fairly certain all of the 90s and 80s Batman movies are on Amazon Prime right now, even though I own them on DVD. But yeah, so I want to see if at the end of the credits of the Amazon Prime copy of this is the music video for <laughs> Seal Kiss from a Rose. I need to know. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> I need the experience. That's awesome. It was the original, uh, you know, Marvel copied Val Kilmer's Batman yeah. on the uh, after credit scenes. This is true. Yep. Everything that Time Warner or whatever came out with. Now Marvel's just like, we're going to copy them. <laughs> Bunch of ripoff artists, Marvel. Anyway, um, so we were talking about your show. Uh, I'm listening to you're talking about like worst sequels and best sequels and shit like that. How about you just give the audience a quick rundown about what your show is and how they can find it? Yeah, so basically our show is sometimes we're giving you content recommendations such as here's what we're watching this week. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it confusing? Is it worth your time? Uh, We also do rundowns of stuff that we've watched. We're all pretty big nerds, so we've perused through quite a few movies and TV shows. Um, and if we haven't actually seen it, then we've probably read enough about it on the internet to give you at least somewhat of an idea of what's going on with it and whether or not uh, you should invest your time in it. So really, that's the main crux of the show is 
We're trying to help you find the best stuff all the time. We do video games, music, movies, TV, all of it. Um, we try to keep up to date, but we're not we're not one of those shows that's like we're gonna drop an episode the day after something happens just to talk about it. We want to be more of like the average person. Like I work a normal day job. So do my co-hosts. And we want people to have like that week or so to like watch a TV show or something and be able to listen to something and kind of catch up to it as opposed to like first thoughts. Let's get there. (laughs) Drop it right now. Blah, 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 blah. Um, So we're more like, we just want to be kind of a broader audience of, you know, normal people who maybe wouldn't consider themselves a geek. But you know what? You are. Yeah. <laughs> and you're coming with us. <laughs> so sometimes we do movie reviews and TV reviews. Uh, we've done game reviews for The Last of Us. So we did a breakdown of the first half of The Last of Us 2. Of course. And things like that. But to find us, we're available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Geek Peak. Uh, P-E-A-K, like the mountain. And uh, our social media accounts are facebook.com slash geekpeakpodcast, Twitter and Instagram at geekpeakpod. And then recently we've been getting into Twitch, twitch.tv slash geekpeakpod. So come check us out. Uh, we like to, we always start our shows with beers. Miles, we didn't talk about our beers that we were having while we were, while we were recording this, but normally um, we we give a quick rundown. Why don't we just do yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it right Screw now. It. Let's talk about Screw beer. It. I you, like you, beer. You say, what, you say what you're drinking. I'm drinking uh, Yingling Traditional Lager, which is the oldest brewing company in the United States is Yingling. And uh, it's like the staple of Pennsylvania. I've seen it as far south as South Carolina. Do you guys have it in Florida? We do. Nice. We do. We're big fans of Yingling down here. Yeah, they uh they're pretty their brewery is pretty close to where I live and they like this year they well, this year and last year they teamed up with uh Hershey's Chocolate since Hershey's right by us too and they made a chocolate porter and it's the only chocolate porter I'll drink and it's fucking awesome. So check out that to audience if you haven't found it. Good luck finding it, but still it's really fucking good. <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh yeah. I'm so I have something. It's a collaboration with Green Green Bench Brewing, which is here in St. Petersburg, which is just south of where I'm at in Tampa, Florida, and then Overflow Brewing Company. And the third brewery is Weathered Souls Brewing Company, hmm. and it's called Black is Beautiful. It's an imperial stout, and it's ten percent. Oh, it's you got the good. It's stuff. pretty. It's pretty hefty. Uh, but I wanted to do something related to Batman. <laughs> so I was like, Batman wears black. This is perfect. So. Sometimes people will find any excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was, uh, that was my line of thinking there, but yeah, definitely, definitely. Tr- uh, if you're in St. Petersburg, Florida ever check out green bench brewing company, they're very cool. I like to go to breweries a lot. Like we've been to, I want to say all the breweries around here, but we still haven't quite gotten it yet. Like there's so fucking many of them at this point. So we just like to go to them, try the beer, try the food bounce. Usually is how we do it. So when we're down, down in Florida, at some point, we're definitely going to go on a little brewery tour. So what'd you say? I was green bench. Green bench. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. So Tampa has some really good, like notable breweries, cigar city. I'm looking at you very popular, uh, nationally, 
But another one that I personally like in Tampa is called 8-1 Bay Brewing. Okay. And in St. Pete, they have a bunch that are in downtown. There's like clusters of three or four. So I know, um, let's see, First Magnitude Brewing is really good. Three Daughters is awesome. That's one of my favorites. They have a they have a gnarly good uh, beach blonde that I just can devour that. Hell yeah. Yeah, so St. Pete has a huge craft brew uh, community. It kind of depends on what you like because they really do have something for everybody. I'm just a big uh, blonde guy, so three daughters comes to mind. Blonde isn't super popular around here, and I find that really frustrating because I enjoy a good blonde too because a blonde just tastes like beer. Like if you take a yeah. sip of blonde, you're like, this is what all the beer flavored candy tastes like, like everything. And I love a good crisp ice, ice, ice cold blonde is so fucking good and rewarding. Ugh, yep. for sure. Especially down here when it's like really hot, like some of the other darker stuff is a little bit harder to drink because it's so warm mm-hmm. in Florida during the summer. So a nice blonde beer, a nice cold blonde beer is a game changer. Fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. There's a Pennsylvania brewing company called uh, uh, Rolling Rock. Have you heard of Rolling Rock? Yeah, yeah they do these little pony bottles because Rolling Rock's essentially just water. Um, but yeah, they do these little <laughs> pony bottles that are like four ounces and you can just slug like a whole case of beer by yourself. And by the end of the day, you feel hydrated and fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say my water down here in, in the South was uh natural, natural, natural light. light. So yeah. The same thing, but on, I like, I don't even know where they're bottled in, but, or canned in, but. Yeah, that was that was the southern equivalent to to the rolling yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, so that was beer hour on the disc dump here. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol. Alcohol? Should you drink? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but also definitely, definitely. <laughs> right on. Alrighty, I want to say thank you to the band The Jazz June for the use of the song "Viva La Speed Metal" off of the album "The Medicine." We use that as our theme song. It is really good rock and roll music. I think they consider it emo, but don't let that hold you back. It's not too too bad. Uh, so actually, I really enjoy it. It got me through some hard times. Really great band. Find a way to support them. The Jazz June. I also want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity, which we close every episode with, and it brings us in and out of the ad spots. It's really catchy music. You can find it on YouTube. That is his preferred method of you listening to his music because it gets pay-per-click. So definitely check out the Fat Rat Unity. Uh, If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. On Instagram, discdumppodcast. Again, don't neglect the PP. On Facebook, Disdump Podcast Fans is a group you can join. And of course, there's a page. Don't forget to like, review, and subscribe. Alrighty, my dude. What are you recommending to the audience? Okay, so at the end of the year, our show is going to be doing, I guess I should say the beginning of next year, our show is going to be doing a best of 2020 rundown. And I'm going to go ahead and give you a sneak peek into my pick. So my favorite show this year that came out was not an American TV show. It's on Netflix. It's called Dark. Dark. Season three job. Dark is one of the smartest, best, craziest, most awesome sci-fi adventure, mystery, 
drama crime drama stories i've ever watched it is by far one of my favorite things i've ever watched all the way through it is so interesting it keeps you captivated the entire time and the only barrier to it is it's a german show and i would highly recommend using the subtitles and letting the actors like hearing the actors voices because it is so worth it there's really good acting from a bunch of people that you've never seen on screen before. And the storyline is so, so interesting and it is very confusing, but it all makes sense. Like it all does make sense. So right on, that would be, that's my number one recommendation right there. It's right there on Netflix. Go check it out. Dark. Tell us what you think. We can't even tackle it on an episode because my co-hosts haven't watched it all the way through yet, but it is, it's only three seasons and it all is perfectly tied together. It's amazing. See, I started watching that show. I love foreign shit. Like, that's my shit. I love hearing the actors and reading the words and just, like, I feel like their performances are always totally different from people in the U.S. So, like, I was like, fuck yeah, this looks awesome. And then it starts with, like, child murder. And I was like, hmm, it is called Dark. And then I, like, the second episode rolled in. And I finished the second episode before I was like, is pretty dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a very i'll say this it is a very bleak show and it is pretty scary but it's it's all about the journey and it is so so good and so interesting right on it's like if lost was not if lost ever actually gave you answers (laughs) then like that's what it would feel like like just like this insanity but like there is a there is like a rhyme and reason to it and then they actually explain things and it's in a satisfying way hell yeah all right so check out dark on netflix now you're giving it such a stellar review you're the only person i know who's finished it so i will have to get into it because it seems like you're you really like it and people don't really like it's things so cool. and so and it's so cool all right cool man thank you for doing this with me Thank you for having me on again. I really enjoyed uh, chatting about Batman Forever's soundtrack. I, I got to be honest, I never thought that I would have a platform to talk about this. So. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, this is a game changer for me personally. <laughs> Dream come true. <laughs> Alrighty, audience. Well, until next week, I'll catch you later. Deuces.